Welcome to the SAME Real-Time Podcast, featuring an inside look across the Society of American Military Engineers and the work that our 30,000 members and 105 posts are doing to support national security and strengthen the engineering potential of the United States. And now, your host, SAME Executive Director, Joe Schrodel. I'm here today with uh, in Mobile, Alabama, at the uh, the Pensacola Post and Mobile Post Industry Day. We've got about 200 people, but I'm sitting here with the regional vice president of our South Central region, uh, Bob Sidoti. And Bob, I appreciate you taking the time. We're sitting here in the bar. A little bit of background music, but it's real, so this is a live kind of discussion, uh, and it's good seeing you again. Absolutely. It sets a mood, and it's great to see you again, too, <laughs> sir. Um, it's a great event that they've got going on here today. Uh, almost 200 people, um, probably more than that. I know we had quite a few walk-ups, so um, there's a lot happening. Uh, SAME's got a lot going on, so uh, people are interested in their, their showing up. It was a good team effort between the two posts. Why don't you talk about that for a minute? Thanks. I, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that I'm really passionate about is the collaboration piece. We need to be working together. We need to be working smarter, not harder. You know, our posts all have great ideas. Our posts interact with each other. So a while back, we started doing joint events. So we'll have a uh, joint clay shoot. Okay. Uh, Emerald Coast Post goes out and has an event. We Pensacola Post join together with them to do an event. And that brings membership from both posts together, allows them to see each other, talk with each other, and plan future events. Mobile this year um, was planning their industry day. Pensacola's industry day in the past had been, you know, decreasing in attendance. So we discussed, let's put these two events together. Let's see what Pensacola and Mobile can do. Back in 2013, they hosted a regional, Pensacola and Mobile, and both posts came away from that really happy. It felt good working together and um, so we're just continuing those relationships. So collaboration between my posts is very important to me. I have four posts within four hours. Very unique situation down here on the Gulf Coast which gives us the opportunity to be able to coordinate like that. So it's a, it's a great you know, One of the things that I find interesting about, about how you operate as an RVP, you know, just for our listeners sake, uh, I know you spend a lot of time on the road <laughs> driving between the posts. You know, and, and, and the other thing I'd mention, too, is, uh, again, thanks for your personal efforts. You know, we, we had a podcast here recently with Barry Totten, the, the new president of our new Tennessee Valley Post. That's right. And, and again, I appreciate the My effort. region. And <laughs> I appreciate your personal efforts to make that happen. But, but when we did that, I was amazed at how much time you spent on the road personally. You know, just supporting SME and helping to, as you just said, pull the post together to collaborate. Yeah, the other thing that I just wanted to thank you again for, too, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but in your first board meeting as an RVP, okay, you might remember we challenged all the board members, uh, and I forget which conference it was, but to get out in the exhibit hall and interact with as many of our exhibitors as we can. And what amazed me is... Well, disappointed me maybe a little bit. We didn't have a, too many of our board members go do that. But you walked out of there, and I seem to remember it was like somewhere between 34 and 40 exhibitors that you personally reached out to and uh, and did what we asked right out of the blocks. So i got to tell you, as an RVP from all of us, that I'm talking the national leadership, me, we, we really appreciate what you do. 
and uh, and how you're bringing the post together, the time you spend, personal time and effort you spend on the road, creating a new post, and and supporting the national efforts, uh, especially at the national conferences. So, well, thank, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, that. That means a lot. And as far as the talking and meeting with the exhibitors, they enable us to do the things that we do with an SAME. We, we have to have their support. Um, I, I'm just disappointed I couldn't see all of them. And as far as going out and talking to them, when you issued us that challenge, I didn't realize that it was a request. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you've got, but, but you know, you've got the right attitude. No, that's the right attitude. And then of course, we've now, as you know, we've sure. modified that now. So what we do is we've, as you know, we, we break it up so every board member, will, some board member will get to every exhibitor. Absolutely. And so your point about not making it to every exhibitor was one that we picked up on. And now we've got it organized, and we'll organize at every national conference we, we have. have to be, we have to be thanking them. And, and we do. So, you know, the other thing that kind of leads to a thought about uh, when you talk about thanking people, you know, we're a volunteer organization, and uh, we're getting ready to get into the, uh, this next board meeting where we're going to assess our progress toward our strategic plan. And, and membership is, is always uh, on top of the list, you know, active participation. So, so kind of give us some of your thoughts as an RVP in terms of what you're seeing in terms of membership and, and, and how, do we, how do we energize people who really become more actively involved? What I see, and I just completed getting all of our assessments back from my post-presidents. Oh, good. Because I asked for their good. input on all this. And it's very interesting that you mention membership because one of our strengths that we've identified is our membership, our senior membership, our boards of directors. We've got some great boards, some great members that have been volunteering for years. But that's also one of our weaknesses, is that ah, we have the same members point. and the same boards, the strong boards. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of movement within some of our posts. You have the same board members rotating around for years, and they're not getting newer blood into the positions. And I think that's a challenge that I, I'm going to issue to my Good. folks in my region, because I, I want okay. to see new people in, into the board positions. And it's just a matter, sometimes you just have to go out there and ask people. Uh, and I know Cynthia at our training has been really pushing this, but it's true. They'll come to the meetings and they'll support you, but they don't want to feel like they're imposing on you. So they're not going to ask to get involved. So Wow, we that's an interesting insight. We have to constantly be asking our members, hey, we'd like you to help us out here. Would you like to do this? So the the membership issue, yes, it's it, we have to continue to grow our membership. I think our student chapters are natural for that. We need to really put some emphasis into our student chapters. But growing our membership with the younger generation, like a lot of service organizations, um, the younger generations just aren't participating like we used to in the past. So it's going to be imperative upon us to make sure we grow the younger memberships and um, putting them into positions where they can feel like they're being a leader and progressing their career and growing in leadership, I think that will go a long ways for our society and helping to develop larger, more broader boards. That's a great point. So part of what I hear you saying is the focus that we've adopted for the Post Leaders Workshop in terms of with Cynthia Diamore and, and for now, in teaching post leaders how to attract, manage, and retain volunteers and how to go ask people to 
volunteer. What I hear you saying is we've got the right training going on, but where we need to focus our attention now is making that training real and getting posts to actually use it and start recruiting people. Is that, is that a fair that, summary, summary of what you just said? Absolutely <laughs> fair summary. Training is going to be essential for us. Yeah, and okay. We have got to... Then we'll stay on that track then to help post. Oh, so I, we'll do that. Okay. I agree. As a matter of fact, uh, that's one of the ways I had we have on my strategic assessment. Good. Training, 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 training. The last post leaders workshop that we held, phenomenal. The members that came out of that from my region were excited. They came back Good. energized. Good. And they were talking and letting the membership of the post know, hey, we went to this. You're really going to enjoy hearing what we've learned. So, yes, I think that the, keeping our members involved and keeping the training going in the pipeline is, is going to be is going to be very important. So let me ask this question because I'd like you to t- talk a little bit more about student chapters in a minute. So, so what we're contemplating doing next year at the Post Leaders Workshop, we have used Cynthia Diamore three times now, and we've exclusively focused the Post Leaders Workshop on the training we just talked about. Now what we're contemplating for starting next year is run two tracks at the Post Leaders Workshop. One track for those Post Leaders who have not been trained by Cynthia. The other track for seasoned and and other Post Leaders who have had that training to then get together to collaborate on best practices. Do do you think that'll work? Is is it time to do that, you think? And that's what I've I've been hearing that from my posts. They want national to take a lead in helping with best practices. Got it. They want to. Okay. I know we have a knowledge database that we've started. Yeah, but it's just a database. Correct. We need to take action on the database because it's great information. It's all out there, but we need to move forward with that. Okay. Start pushing out best practices to our posts. I mean, there's no reason for our posts to be banging their heads against the wall trying to figure out how to do something well when we've got posts across the country that are doing these things well. So let's share that knowledge. Let's show how we can do this and work together. And that's it all goes down. Working smarter, not harder. Yeah, and you know, one of the, the, the concepts that we've been working hard on in terms of best practices that we haven't made happen yet, but, but I'm, I'm happy to announce we have a, uh, a new uh, national membership and post operations manager. Her name is Jill Murphy. Uh, you guys will, she will be at the board meeting. We just made, gave her the offer letter yesterday. She accepted. And we've already got a plane ticket for her to get her to Atlanta for the Small Business Conference. So you will all get to meet her. She's a ball of fire. One of the, uh, the piece of guidance that I'm going to give her is that, that I think a best practice system should look sort of like a college course catalog. And, and one way that we can help posts, I think, and you tell me if you think this makes sense, one way that we think we can help posts is by giving them, if you can just picture a college course catalog that would allow a post leader to go into this catalog. This is a way of organizing the database. And if a post leader says, I want to, as an example, do a, a golf tournament, they can go into the golf tournament section, go into the section that says golf tournament being run by a small post or a large post, and have all of the information and the documentation fill in the blank to save volunteer time that some of these, the best practices from two or three posts, but put them into the system in a uh, fill in the blank kind of way to save planning time for a post that all they have to do is fill in the blanks and do it. You know, would something like Absolutely. that, you think, work with posts? I think, so. I think that would, because the posts okay. don't know where to go for their, 
information. Uh, That's okay. the issue. And I, and as an RVP, I, I view the role of RPP as, as a conduit. That's right. I, I am here to provide the communication between the posts, between the national, right. and among our posts. So I get a lot of calls about how, how do we do this or who do you know has done this? And I like putting those people together. So I think that having that database, having that college catalog of best practices, I think that will go a long way towards helping your hosts understand what's been done in the past and what will work, what might work for them. One step further is we may want to have contacts in there as well. Somebody that they Good can idea. contact, reach Good out idea. to, okay, who's done this before, reach out, let me get some information from you, you know, how that works. So um, Good idea. It'd be a great way for okay. our posts to keep connecting. Well, good. Well, it'll be interesting to see uh, you know Joe Murphy get on board and really make this happen, so we can support posts. You know, let's get back to student chapters for a minute because I'm really anxious to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, it's one thing for the for the society to say we have 61 student chapters. Um, it'll be interesting to see what assessment comes out at this next board. But in general, what I see going on is we might have 61 chapters in name, but we have very few posts that fulfill their role as mentors to those chapters. The chapters are struggling for all kinds of reasons in terms of participation, students wondering, well, look, I'm an electrical engineer, what do you guys do about that? So we have all kinds of challenges. So the question becomes, what role do our student chapters play and how do we help them you know, thrive? So as you've done your assessment in, uh, in your region, yeah, what, what's your take on student chapters? Uh, how are we doing? What can we do better? And, and as you know, the other thought that I'm willing for you to comment on, um, you know, my, my leadership team back in Alexandria here recently uh, made a very uh, contentious decision, and we said we're going to cancel or postpone for this next year the student leader workshop because we felt we were spending a bunch of money and getting no return. Um, so I've heard from some folks that, yeah, you're probably right because our student chapters aren't doing anything. But then I've also heard from others, like Bob Keezer grabbed me today and said, hey, you just pulled the rug out from under my student leaders. So, so help me understand, uh, what can I anticipate coming out at this board meeting, you think, in terms of uh, how, do, how do we make this work? Well, I'm afraid that we're going to see that we have a lot of inactive student chapters. Okay. I have some strong student chapters in my region. Mobile okay. is Mobile is phenomenal. They do a great job with their students in Mobile. Okay. The Pensacola uh, Post has UWF University of West Florida student chapter, and they are getting there. They're getting better. The, the thing we all understand is our students have so many things pulling them in different directions. They've got so many associations that are wanting their time. So what we have to do is we have to make it more attractive to them. We've got to make it worth their while to say, hey, I want to be part of SAME. And frankly, our student chapters, I believe, are our lifeblood. We have got That's a good point. You know, I, I've never thought of it that way, but I think you're right. We, I think we you're right. have to increase our young members. We've got to be able to start planning for, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be doing this. <laughs> I'll tell you what, at some point I'm going to have to slow down. I agree. But our student chapters are already there. Yeah. We need to be taking advantage of the fact that we've got these students. Let's work them into our young member programs. Let's find a way to keep them involved and grow them into SAME. And it's, we can grow our own. They're already 
In fact, you know, that's a great, great, great point. I, it, I like that. And it starts even sooner. It starts with our STEM programs in the middle school when they start learning about Smart. SAME. Smart. So we take them from middle school gingerbread house competitions or, uh, you know, bridge building into the high school and we work with them in high school in STEM events and we give scholarships out. And when they get into the college and they join the uh, student chapters, we as posts need to continually work with our students. And I just think that's the biggest piece that we have that we're not taking advantage of. You know, that's tremendous. And you know, I tell you what, when we get to the board meeting, you probably ought to say that again. And if not, then we'll get everybody to listen to this podcast. All right. <laughs> One more thing I want to get into. Yeah. Just real quick. You yeah. talk about we know what we're doing. Well, sort of. <laughs> well, no, no, you hit that on the head. We know what we're doing. Our, our society is made up of some of the best and brightest in our industry. That's right. We're made up of patriots. And with our strategic plan, which is a huge focus for us now, and our posts are getting more and more involved in our strategic plan every day. Good. I think that one of the biggest things we can do in our strategic plan is the resilience. Our communities need us. They need the SAME members to tell them, this is what we know, this is what we can do, this is how we can help our community. And that is an area within the strategic plan that I think offers us exceptional growth opportunities. When we go to our local county commission or we go to our city uh, leaders and we say, we've got an organization made up of military and civilian people who are engineers, are the brightest engineers, they're doing things on the forefront of technology, they know things that we can do to keep our community safe, what do you think they're going to say? They're not going to sit back and say, no, we got plenty of that, we don't need any of that. They're going right. to want to know more. And I think SAME can play a leadership role in the resilience effort by starting our local communities and letting them know who we are, what we can do, how we can help them, and why it's important for them to listen to us. You know, I appreciate you bringing that up. I just spent the entire month of October on the road, principally going to resilience events. You, you didn't know that, I don't think. Nope. And uh, so I was out in San Francisco during Fleet Week, uh, awesome where they time. host where they host a uh, what they call Senior Leader Seminar. George Schultz was there, 96 years old, still actively involved. Uh, all the senior leaders from the Navy, Marine Corps, were, and and the intent of that get together was to help the local communities in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, understand what the military could bring to the fight in an, in a disaster, man-made, whatever. Uh, the week after that, I was back in Oakland. Uh, the San Francisco Post hosted a resilience workshop. And what was fascinating about that, and let me give Tasman Brown a, a nod because she did a great job pulling that together, uh, about 100 participants. But what we discovered, well, what I discovered while I was out there, the Rockefeller Foundation has created a grant and a program, and the program is called 100 Resilient Cities. I had never heard of it before. And what the Rockefeller Foundation is doing, which becomes an opportunity for us to do what you just said, that's why I appreciate you bringing it up, what the, what the Rockefeller Foundation is doing, it's 100 cities across the world, not just the United States. Uh, what they're doing is they're underwriting for each of the cities that they've designated. And in the Bay Area, Berkeley is a designated city, Oakland is a designated city, and San Francisco is a designated city. Each of those cities has paid by the Rockefeller Foundation 
a what they call chief resilience officer. And what's amazing is they're not focused on disaster preparedness. I'll just give you one example. The chief resilience officer from Berkeley got up and talked at this, this meeting I was at, hosted by the San Francisco Post, and explained that when they have to go replace repair the streets, they are not repaving them. They're ripping the asphalt out and putting in pay, permeable pavers to help the water issue. They just tore down their public parking garage. They, are, they redesigned it. This gets back to your point about leading the effort as engineers. They are rebuilding it now, and this is what the parking garage now has the capacity to do. Built-in solar collectors, and it is now a source of energy should the power go out. Built-in water collectors. It is, it is uh, going to be good up to a 7.5 earthquake. It looks like a parking garage, but it has multiple, multiple, I mean, just amazing capacity beyond what I just said, all in the name of resilience. Sustainable construction, sustainable architecture. So I appreciate you saying that because at the next board meeting, I'm going to introduce this uh, concept that the Rockefeller Foundation is underwriting and suggest that we do just what you just said and that we embrace that. And I've got my folks doing a, a little analysis right now to find out how many of those resilient cities in that program match where our posts are. And then we're the guys who bring the military installation component together with the city component, together with all the engineering as you're suggesting, and, and I agree with you. So I appreciate you bringing that up because it gives, I just spent the whole month going around looking at resilience. And I also found the the uh, New Jersey Post just hosted a resilience workshop similar to that, but they weren't aware of the CRO. They weren't aware of the uh, this other thing. Now I need to throw a toss out to our uh, National Post in my region. They held a resiliency workshop there you go. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a great turnout, and they, great, they got see? some really interesting speakers coming in. You know, they had uh, emergency management directors. They had people from the city, people from the county. It was just really a neat event. So I, I think it's. Very important, something that as the professionals that we are, as the patriots that we are, I, I think that we can really take a lead in that area. Well, I agree, that's good. So, so look, I appreciate taking the time with you, and, and I know we're pleasure. both anxious to get back upstairs to uh, to the, uh, All the, the industry, the industry day, and the, and the briefings. I know we got work to do. Uh, so, let me just say thanks again for your leadership. Uh, I've enjoyed. You know, serving with you and, and watching the great difference you're making in the South Central region and, uh, and the personal investment of time and resources that you bring to the table. So any, any other thoughts, parting thoughts? Well, uh, that's probably you. a good note to end on. But what do you think? <laughs> it is. I appreciate you, sir. Uh, SAME is um, we're, we're energetic. We're, we're going someplace now. And it's, it's not that SAME never was a, right. a great organization, but you've injected a energy into the organization and I, I think that everybody's really excited to see how we move and how 2020 is going to change our organization and it's uh, it's, been, it's been a fun ride and I'm I'm looking forward to it I've, I've already got 2020 on my calendar I, I, I can't wait and that's just the start and, and again I appreciate your comment it's it's not about me it's uh, you know we all we all have that, that desire to see this organization really make a difference so 
uh, we're all going to keep working together to make that happen. And we're here to serve, and we're here to serve this great nation.